0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Boring Money Show. It's your host, Mr. Boring Money. Today, we're going to be diving into a subject that I think is actually very fascinating, and that's the difference between debt and leverage. I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine a few weeks ago where we were talking about the difference between the two because we're exploring acquiring more assets and starting to expand our portfolio. And one of the things I was getting into was really understanding how much I've grown in just in my understanding of finance due to properly utilizing leverage, not debt. And there's a difference between the two. Now, what I want to do is clearly communicate that this is not financial advice by any means whatsoever. All I'm doing is sharing what's worked for me, some of the investments principles that I've learned over the years. And this is for pure entertainment Purposes. If you're seeking financial advice, or if you have issues with your own portfolio, seek a financial advisor, somebody who's licensed and who's qualified to be able to meet you at your unique needs. This is just for educational purposes and same purposes only. Debt is something that you take to acquire like a liability, or you you're, you take somebody else's money and you use it to purchase a liability. You use it to purchase something that doesn't create value in the sense of more income, right? Now, when you're thinking about leverage, leverage is the same. Utilizing the same concept, you're utilizing somebody else's money and you're using it to create income, using it to acquire assets, and that's the difference between the two. But it goes a little bit deeper, right? When you think about debt and you think about leverage, who does leverage maximizing better than anybody else in the world? Banks. (laughs) If you study how banks make money off the deposits of their customers, it's fascinating. You think, well, how's the bank bank making that much money off my deposits, right? What if I only deposit $1,000? How are they really making money off my deposits? How are they able to to pay me 3% interest on a savings account? Here's how they do it. They take leverage to the max. And the only reason why they're able to truly do this is simply because they are entities and there's insurance policies and... There's ways for them to get bailed out if 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 they make a mistake, All right. Now, the way that leverage works, especially when a bank is utilizing your deposits, is they can they need to just have a fractional reserve, All right. And they're able to loan out your money up to ten different times, All right. So they take the same one thousand dollars. And they're able to loan it out as if it's $10,000, right? They're able to take $10,000 worth of leverage against that $1,000. And here's the difference between the debt and the leverage. Every single return that they get on the $1,000 that they loan out, your $1,000, mind you, every single return that they get on that is amplified due to the leverage that they have and the leverage that they have is the fact that they did not use a penny of their own money so their return is infinite i want you just kind of let that sit in a little bit because it didn't use their own money when they get a a return even if it's ten percent on that thousand dollars they, a 10, they get a ten percent return on your thousand dollars. What is that? As far as they're concerned, that is a hundred percent return. That is a thousand percent return that they got on that, because they created income out of nothing, and then they do that ten more times. So your thousand dollars, they got a ten percent return on it, which is a hundred dollars in profit. They're a hundred percent profitable. On the first transaction, and then they do that 10 times. That's a thousand, that's a thousand percent. It's incredible. All right, that is the power of leverage, is your ability to amplify the returns that you get utilizing debt. So the way that I started to really understand this and start to wrap my mind around this was when I was taking cash flow from the blockchain, and using it to acquire real estate. Now, the fascinating thing about it is when I first when I acquired my first property, I was told you need to put minimum 20% down. But you don't have to. That's what conventional wisdom tells you. Put 20% down. I wanted to take and maximize the leverage that I was going to have on that purchase. So I wanted to put as little money down as possible. I was able to work it out to where I was put down like 3 or 4% because we're going to be living in the property. So it was a primary owner-occupied strategy. So I ended up putting like 5% down or something something stupid like that. All right, put 5% down. Now I have a ton of leverage. I have about 95% leverage on this property. Now you may think about it like you have 95% debt on this property. no. I have ninety-five percent leverage, because guess what happens when that when that property appreciates, which it did, because the market that we chose was very strategic, and it appreciated, right? So when that property went up in value, the leverage that we had on it was amplified, and our returns were amplified. So just to give you kind of like an example, so say the property is worth one hundred thousand dollars, just to do simple math. down, $5,000, All right? Now, for the person on the outside looking in, they were like, you have 95% debt. I'm looking at I have 95% leverage because now I have more funds parked to be able to acquire more property. But I also understand that the money to pay the mortgage is there, right? It's there, like I could pay that down as quickly or as slowly as I want. Here's a general rule of thumb. Any interest that you have that's less than inflation, take your sweet time paying it off. That's my rule of thumb. Any interest that's less than inflation, take your sweet time paying it off. So I have 5% in, 95% leverage. So when this property went up from $100,000 to worth $200,000, right? If I had 20% down in that property, Right. The returns on that wouldn't have been as drastic as the fact that I had five percent down on that property. I have a ton of leverage. Right. So think of it kind of like that seesaw where, you know, on the playgrounds when kids, there's two kids on either side of the seesaw. Right. And so when one kid goes down, the other one goes up. Now, leverage is that little dial in the middle of the seesaw that kind of balances it out. So the further down the dial you go, the more leverage you have, right? So that means you can take, make less moves on this side and the returns are much higher. But the nice thing about it is, let's say it goes down drastically. You're not going to go up that high because of the leverage. You essentially rigged the game. You have asymmetric upside. Right. And you re- reduce the downside. Okay. So with the leverage, when that property goes up and doubles in value, I had 5% equity in that property. When it doubles in value, now I have, I go from having 5% equity to having 55% equity in the property. Right. Because I still owe the money to the bank on the asset, on the value of that asset when I acquired it. But as soon as it doubles in value, now all of a sudden I went from having 5% equity to 55% equity, right? So you can see the impact of the leverage that was taking out. And the thing about the difference between leverage and debt is that Debt doesn't give you the possibility to have that. When you take out a student loan, for example, all right, that's debt. You're using it to get education and your opportunity to earn money on your education. It has to be the, the education that you're getting. You need to be coming out on your entry-level job, making way more than what you're, than the debt that you took out. So you don't have any leverage there. It's a liability. In the same way, like when you... Put it when you buy a car, and that car doesn't create income for you. All you did was you buy you bought a liability. All right. So when you understand leverage and the difference between the debt and leverage, you start thinking about how can I maximize the access to capital that I have by using it to create income and stacking the odds in my favor. So with this property example, not only did we acquire this property with 5% 5% down. It doubled in value. Now we just <laughs> we just went from having 5% equity to like 55% equity with no additional money, not having to put any extra money in it. Now the property can produce cash flow. So I took 5% down. So let's say $5,000. With $5,000, I was able to acquire $100,000 in equity in a property with just five thousand dollars, right? They kind of, that leverage is insane. Now with that same five thousand dollars, I'm able to rent the property out and create cash flow, create income with that property, right? Even if I'm, even if the rent on it's a thousand dollars a month. Now you took five thousand dollars and turned it into a twelve thousand dollar a year income for yourself that's leverage. It's understanding how to utilize debt to create leverage so that you have assets and you're acquiring assets and producing cash flow. You're putting that money to work. You're creating movement with the leverage that you took. Uh, And that's the main difference. Most people don't even understand that concept. They don't even think through that concept. They don't realize when they put more money down on like a property, they're actually reducing the amount that their cash on cash return because now they need a greater set of return to, to recoup their initial investment, but are also reducing the amplification that the debt comes with. Right. So for me, when I'm thinking about cap deploying capital, you know, I'm thinking about all these things. I'm thinking about how much leverage I can I can create. Right. And I think about the different ways that I can create leverage and the different ways that I can do this based on the tools that I have available to me. Right now, I can create a ton of leverage when I deploy capital on the blockchain. I can deploy like $100,000 on the blockchain and produce anywhere from $40 to $70,000 a year in income. All right? And what's even crazier is I can take out leverage. I can take debt that initial $100,000, right? If I can get a a, a sweet enough interest rate, and some people can get it get leverage for 0% interest, right? Like you can get like a business loan. You can just so many different ways you can access capital at 0%, right? So I just took $100,000 of somebody else's money with 0% interest, deployed it in a way where that $100,000 produces 70 dollars to $70,000 a year in income. That's infinite leverage that you just created for yourself, right? And these opportunities are there just that most people, when they take out a loan or where they get access to a line of credit, they use that money to buy material things, trying to impress people that don't care about their lives. And now they're they're incurring debt; they have to pay that money back out of their own pocket. And you have when you have leverage, is when the asset that you purchase with that debt is paying itself down without any additional money out of your own pocket. That's what's the, the beautiful thing about understanding leverage and how to u- truly utilize it. So for me, when I'm deploying capital, I'm thinking about how do I create the most as asmo- much, how do I maximize leverage without being reckless, right? What are the different ways that I can truly maximize the leverage on this opportunity or on the things that I'm analyzing and looking at uh, deploying capital to? So for you, I hope that just helps you think creatively about the opportunities that you're looking at and I hope that helps you think differently about the debt that you may take. Right? There's nothing wrong with taking debt if you're using it to create leverage and produce cash flow. All right? That's the rule. If you're going to take on debt, you have to use it to create leverage and produce cash flow. If you're not using it to do that, you're wasting the opportunity and you're putting yourself at you're making yourself vulnerable for being financially ruined All right, because now you're in a situation where you have to continue to produce more income to pay down the debt that you've taken out versus if you take out debt, use it to create leverage, use it to produce income. Now you don't have to worry about creating more income personally to pay that debt down. The asset that you acquire that's producing cash flow can pay that debt down for you, amplifying the leverage and allowing you to do it again. All right. And the goal is to figure out how many times you need to d- create that those leverage opportunities to reach your financial goals and kind of get wherever you want to be in life. So hope you found it helpful. If you want to learn more about how we go about analyzing opportunities on the blockchain or how we're going about deploying capital and different things like that. Go ahead and join our Boring Money community. Ask questions, get engaged. We drop articles, do market updates, uh, and we have a ton of great free tools. I actually give a free course away if you want to get access to it. It's called the Born Money System. Essentially how my thought process and how we've gone about rigging the game on the blockchain and using it to create income that we're using to acquire hard assets to produce cash flow. So hope you found it helpful and I'll catch you in the next one. Deuces. If you found this video helpful, chances are you're gonna find a ton of value in our Boring Money community where I'm in there live, actively sharing articles, market updates, and just uh, educating you on what's going on in the market real time. So if you don't wanna wait for another one of these episodes another video training to come out and you wanna have live updates on what's happening in the market, go ahead and join the Boring Money community where you can have access to us and they would ask any questions that you want and potentially even get featured in an episode. Till next time, hope to see you on the inside.